What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hoopball Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and the Sixers have been a very interesting team as of late. Um, obviously, since the James Harden trade, there's been some ups, there's been some downs. Um, James Harden at times looking like his old self and at other times looking like a definitely a older player and past his prime. Before we jump into the recent games and a little overview of the team, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. It's the most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on the planet. You get all of your NBA news, including news about your Sixers in one Twitter feed. Not only is it the fastest source, but it's the most reliable and provides analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. So as I mentioned, the Sixers recently been very frustrating to watch. Um, they have had some solid games. They've had some solid wins strung together. There's always a point in each game where it gets extremely frustrating for one reason or another, whether it's James Harden being selfish or trying to draw fouls every single time he touches the ball, whether it's Doc Rivers uh, being Doc Rivers with his uh, substitutions, the, the bench lineups and the blown leads. Whether it's the bench scoring, you know, four or five points in a single game. Um, there's a lot of problems with this team. So let's jump right into a game where we saw some big problems against the Denver Nuggets. The Sixers ended up dropping this game after having a huge lead in the first half at home. Obviously, MVP candidate versus MVP candidate, Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokic. And honestly, I think Joel Embiid got the better of Jokic in this one. But ultimately, Denver pulled it out thanks in large part to Bones Highland's incredible fourth quarter finishing with 21 points which just you know bones highland with 21 points is absolutely ridiculous but nonetheless the Sixers should never have let it get to a point where bones highland's three-point shooting could kill them because of their huge lead in the first half um joel finishing this one with 34 points and nine boards of efficient shooting um harden's stat line looks very good 24 9 and 11 6 for 11 shooting uh, Tyrese Maxey contributing 19 points of his own. Matisse Dybul with six steals and two blocks. So just looking at that starting lineup, you would think immediately that that's a W, especially considering that Jokic was held only 22 points. Um, also have 13 rebounds and eight assists on solid shooting, but five turnovers. It honestly wasn't the best showing for Jokic. His first half, especially the first quarter, was very weak. Um, they ended up going on, I think it was a 10-0 run right before the half in like a minute and a half, which was absolutely brutal. Jokic was throwing some absolute dimes out there. So this was a really rough one to watch, especially at the way end. Um, Sixers offense really stagnant at the end of this game, could not get uh, some good, good shots off. Um, James Harden did end up getting to the line and making it close towards the end of this one. But middle of that uh, fourth quarter, the Nuggets just scored at will. Sixers having absolutely no answers, of course, on the perimeter, like we've seen with this new trade. Not saying Seth was obviously a good defender. Andre Drummond provided valuable minutes. But I think it's just the, the, the chemistry of this team looks a lot different. And at first, in those first couple games, I would say it looked incredible. Now it's looking a little deflating. The effort doesn't seem to fully be there. I don't know if it's because they're saving it for the playoffs or they think they're better than they are. But... Um, I mean, hey, the Sixers have won a lot of games with James Harden. Their record with James Harden is is still very good. But the games that they've lost have been brutal losses, like this Denver loss, this that Nets loss. And the games they've won, honestly, very few super impressive wins. They did beat Cleveland. They did, did beat Chicago. And they did beat Cleveland again, which was the next game. Um, Joel Embiid, 35 points, 17 boards, and 5 assists, shooting 13 for 19 on his birthday. 
Um, incredible game from him. Maxi pouring in 25, Harden with 21 along with 11 assists. So this looked like one of those games where the team was absolutely gelling, um, just like the first couple of games. And, you know, I ripped on them a lot because of that loss for uh, Denver. But I want to backtrack and say they did have a lead through a lot of that game. Um, they did fall apart, but at the end of the day, um, the fact that they were up so much against a solid Denver team who has a very similar record, um, it, it was a very good effort. And I'm frustrated with how it ended. I'm frustrated with the late game adjustments or lack of, therefore. But um, when the Sixers can put themselves in that spot, it is a good feeling to see them start a game so hot. But um, yeah, the finishing needs improvement. And it's been like this for, honestly, for years. This was an issue with Brett Brown. It's an issue with Doc Rivers. But um, nonetheless, I think it's more just going to be a chemistry thing, finding their footing. I think in the playoffs, obviously we saw this happen last year versus Atlanta in some brutal ways. But I'm really hoping that, I mean, Harden in the playoffs has shown to maybe not be the best performer in huge uh, spots. Obviously, no rings for a guy of his caliber is very surprising. But Hopefully this is the year he figures it out. There is veteran leadership on this team that isn't being utilized so much like Danny Green. Hopefully that will come through in the playoffs more. But um, um, Paul Millsap as well doesn't get minutes, but a guy off the bench that can, that can, I wouldn't say provide a spark, but you know say some good things to some young players and coach them through this. Um, so yeah, I think coaching is going to play a huge part in any sort of playoff run the Sixers may or may not have. Um, if you look around the Eastern Conference, all the best teams, the Nets, honestly, they're coaching. Uh, I wouldn't say Steve Nash is a particularly good coach. Um, obviously, they have the talent to and the veteran presence to have that not affect them all that much. But the rest of the East, you look, you have Eric Spolstra, Mike Budenholzer. Um, you have Ime Udoka, who looks absolutely awesome as their new head coach um, in Boston. You you just have a lot of established coaches at the top of that. Um, Udoka's not established, but he's shown how quickly he can band a team together. But at the top of the East, guys like Budenholzer and, and Spolstra, who have won rings, kind of scare you. Um, Doc Rivers, I must add, did win a ring. Uh, his team, though, a little more talented, I, I think, than even this Sixers team. And a lot more established with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. So Doc is established, but if you look at his last even like 10, 12 years in the playoffs, blown some really crucial leads. And I'm not just talking about with the Sixers. Uh, you saw with the Clippers, they had some of the most talented teams, I don't want to say ever, but in recent history, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, um, and then the, even the team uh, in the bubble versus the Nuggets with uh, Kawhi and Paul George. And I think Doc has, what, three or four blown 3-1 leads in his career, and Doc has, look, he's a great coach. He, I, I want to say one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, he's shown greatness, but his his blowing lead is second to almost none in history. With the amount of great teams that he's had and coached, players absolutely love him. He's a great players guy, but I think the Sixers might need to lean on some of their assistants to help down the stretch of games. They have a lot of great assistants. They have Dave Yorger, who was a former NBA head coach. Sam Cassell, obviously a former NBA champion. They've got Dan Burke, who's a defensive mastermind. And, you know, obviously, I don't know what goes on in the huddle or what goes on in the locker room or all that. But we've seen time and time again, Doc's late game adjustments just do not work. And I think, you know, whether it's it's Doc or whether it's the, the way the team is set up, because look, this was happening with Brett Brown, too. Um, there's got to be some sort of change made, whether it's 
at when it gets to that point or whether it's before it gets to that point. And I feel like I'm just stating the obvious here, but every single time that I say it, it happens again and again. And it just, as a Sixers fan, so brutal to watch games slip through our fingertips. Happened again versus Toronto, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but I want to highlight some positives. So as I mentioned, the Sixers beat the Cavs with Embiid's big game. That was an awesome team win. The Sixers look really good against Cleveland this year. If they do somehow end up going against them in the playoffs, I would absolutely love that first-round match for the Sixers. I think it would be a very good series for us. One of the best matchups on the board amongst uh, good Eastern Conference teams. Um, they moved on and won another good game against Dallas and Luka Doncic. Um, another good, complete game from the whole team. Joel with 32-8, and eight, Harden 24, 7, and 12. George Niang contributing 12. DeAndre Jordan, probably best game in a Sixers jersey with 8 points, 7 boards. Um, so, yeah, these back-to-back games, the Sixers looked like they did when they first acquired James Harden. And the biggest thing in especially the Mavericks game was holding Luka Doncic to 17 points and 5 for 20 shooting. A team that's struggling with perimeter defense, Luka's one of the best in the game. And the fact that they held him to such a such a bad game for his standards is just absolutely incredible. Uh, I don't know. He was missing some some relatively easiest shots, but the rest of their team was kind of picking up the slack. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith hitting a couple of threes, and their whole team seemed to be you know not super off. And I think it was just the Sixers had a good rhythm, and it shows. It, it is uh, very very nice to see, and gives you a little bit of confidence in the team when they're doing stuff like this, beating a pretty solid Dallas team pretty handedly. Um, their game wasn't really in doubt at any point in this one. Uh, it's rare to see the Sixers get a good, I don't want to say wire to wire, but pretty much the whole game they look to be the better team, and it's really good to see that kind of win against a team that could solidify themselves a spot in the playoffs, but moving on to a team that probably won't solidify themselves in the playoffs, and definitely wouldn't if they had this team all year, the Raptors without Fred Van Vliet, without OG, so they still have Pascal Siakam, they still have Scotty Barnes, maybe Rookie of the Year, and yeah, the Sixers still should be favored in this one. Um, game taking place at home, late game actually, 8.30, but the Sixers looked solid early on and once again collapsed, this time collapsing midway through the second quarter and letting the Raptors take charge of this game. Their big men kind of stepped up big. Siakam 26-10-5. Siakam always seems to have big games against Philly, but of course Precious Achua, random bigs always going off against the Sixers. Achua goes for 21 points and 9 boards, shooting 9 for 15. Chris Boucher, the Sixer killer, 12 points, 14 boards, but shot four for 12, so not even a great game from Boucher. Honestly, just a poor offensive game, and when your team has guys like Maxi, Harden, Embiid, Tobias Harris, there's no excuse to put up 88 points. Obviously, it doesn't help with the bench when you have one guy that can score being George Niang, but Harden... No excuse for this one. Good start, but finishing with 17, 9, and 8. The stats don't seem terrible. Six turnovers, some crucial turnovers and bad plays down the stretch. Uh, the flagrant foul at the end of that one to basically lose the game was not good. But Harden seems recently to be trying to draw fouls more than he tries to score. Often running into the lane, throwing his hands up and flailing around. Um, you know, he finds his teammates well. He seems to be a good teammate, but... It's very frustrating to see this version of James Harden after seeing how good he really can be. Um, he was doing something similar to this, I guess, on Brooklyn before we traded for him. But it just looks like a shell of his former self. Uh, the defense doesn't look super scared of Harden's uh, scoring output, which is crazy to say because it's James Harden. Uh, he's hitting some step-back threes. His three uh, productivity has definitely been down. And 
I'm really hoping that this is temporary. This is an end-of-the-regular-season type of thing. Hopefully he gets some rested games. Uh, he should be resting tonight versus Miami as well as Joel Embiid, which would be nice. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that Harden can step up in the playoffs being surrounded by this type of team. Um, this is just a temporary thing. Um, Tyrese Maxey, same thing. I mean, it's a little different, actually, because Tyrese Maxey is a second-year player, way overperforming what he was even supposed to do. So it's really unfair to be frustrated if Tyrese Maxey is a bad game or two every once in a while. But we've seen inconsistency from him in the last couple of weeks that we haven't seen all season. So I don't know if that's the same thing. Just late in the season, the guys are tired, getting ready for the playoffs, but I'm really hoping that's the case. Um, you know, as always, I like to go over the roster, look at uh, some of the guys who should be getting playing time, who shouldn't. But before we do that, I just want to quickly uh, mention our partner here at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Make sure you guys go prop up with Thrive on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos at sign up for a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two to four free game tickets to play. Player props on the biggest names every single night, score points when props hit, and players with the most points with a share of the nightly prize money. Um, also, check out the Sports Ethos DFS team and pod for advice. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And I wouldn't feel comfortable betting on anyone on the Sixers in these last couple games because Joel can give you 35 and Joel can give you 20 in a in a bad game like against Toronto. And I guess Joel would be the guy you'd bet on out of anyone. James Harden assists looking pretty good if you're going for player props. But aside from that, I wouldn't bet on Tobias Harris's points uh, going from 20 points to 5 points every other night. And that's the next thing I wanted to get to is Tobias Harris. Um, I love Toby. I'm always going to be a Toby fan. But the, the amount of the varying productivity is getting a little bit ridiculous from a max contract player. This is a guy that doesn't surprise me when he puts up single-digit points. And I get that he's a fourth scoring option, maybe, but he should still be putting up double-digit points. Or if he's not putting up double-digit points, it should be because the team is thriving. Against Toronto, Tobias putting up five points when the team scores 88 is just unacceptable because... Look, as I mentioned, I'm not too upset if Tobias is our fourth scorer, but on a night where no one else can score, I would like to see Tobias step up at least a little bit and at least shoot the ball. You know, forget, he shot nine shots. He was two for nine, 0 for four from from three. He did get in foul trouble, so he only played 26 minutes, but that's just an unacceptable game from Tobias Harris. Um, Again, in the playoffs, Tobias is very shaky. He had a crazy game last year. He had some bad games last year, so I, I really... You know, it's hard to make a prediction on this team. They're as of right now, I would like to think that they're talented enough to be considered contenders, but the way they play together and the inconsistency in this roster compared to the consistency of some of the other monsters in the East, like Miami and Milwaukee, seeing how they've already performed in the playoffs, it makes me scared to to book in the Sixers as a surefire contender. And it wouldn't shock me to see them lose even in the first round if you look at some of the teams they could be up against. Sixers easily could drop down to the four seed. They're like battling it out with the Celtics right now, only a couple games out of Chicago. If they end up in the four seed, they're going to go up against a, a team, maybe Chicago in the first, maybe Cleveland, as I mentioned, that would be okay. But honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I wouldn't even mind any of these matchups so much because... There's a solid chance that the Sixers climb to that one or two seed. They end up going against Brooklyn, um, wherever. If they stay where they are, three or four, they could go up against a team like Cleveland, Chicago, maybe Toronto, which should just beat us. But I still like those matchups a lot better. It makes your second round matchup harder, sure. But at that point, if the Heat are going to be number one, I don't know if I even mind playing the Heat as much as I would the Bucks. I think Giannis and the Bucks scare me even more seeing how they've won a championship. Um, 
And I say bring it on. You know, you're not going to tank, obviously, but I think Sixers fans are a little too worried about their seating because the seating, honestly, the three or four looks almost better than the one or two, which sounds really, really weird. Obviously, you're not going to get home court advantage if you do end up making it to the Eastern Conference Final, which is brutal, um, unless, of course, an underdog happens. But, yeah, I don't mind that first-round matchup of, of, you know, Chicago's a great team, but their playoff experience is lacking. Um, Cleveland's playoff experience is more than lacking. Toronto has some playoff experience. Obviously, guys like Siakam and Van Vliet have won championships. But they don't. Their roster really doesn't scare me quite as much. And ultimately, I'd much rather play those than obviously a team like Brooklyn or even a team like Atlanta, who is uh, on the bubble right now and could sneak in through the play-in tournament. So, real quick before we sign off, I just wanted to go over the guys and who should be playing minutes right now. Obviously, starting five seems to be locked in. Good with that. George Niang, six man. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. I think the Sixers want to use him since they signed him for the rest of the year and, um, you know, they want to try to make the most of him. I think that DeAndre Jordan, just quit while you're ahead and just let this guy ride the bench and be a veteran presence. Paul Reed should be getting minutes over this guy any day of the week. Paul Reed's energy, his hustle, uh, I think he's even a better, more talented player at this point, which is crazy to say Paul Reed's more talented than someone. But DeAndre Jordan looks like a washed version of Dwight Howard. And to say that is pretty, pretty remarkable. I do like DeAndre. I've liked him throughout his career. But let him sit on the bench and just talk to the guys. And aside from that, I mentioned before, Danny should be playing minutes in the playoffs. But then you're down to maybe Shake Milton or Isaiah Joe, the age-old question. I don't know how much this is really going to affect the Sixers' success. I don't think either of the these guys have proven they're going to score more than four or six points a night. But I think with the lack of experience Isaiah Joe has been able to acquire in the league, which is in fault of the Sixers, I think if you played him all season, he'd be a better option. But I think Shake Milton gives you a better chance of uh, providing a spark. If he finds that shot again, he has a really nice array of moves. Uh, you know, he's shown that he could score the ball in the past. So I think you put Shake Milton out there and try to get him some more minutes, really try to get him going, maybe run some plays for him. But Shake at the beginning of last season was a guy people were talking about as a six man of the year candidate. And now he's lucky to find two minutes at the end of a game. So yeah, I mean, obviously he's been disappointing. It's not just the coaching staff's fault. Uh, his injuries stalled him a lot this year, um, shooting poorly, barely even shooting the ball at that. So I think you, if you throw him in at the end of your bench, especially in blowout games, and just try to get him minutes before the last two minutes where he can you know, get himself hot, get himself going a little bit, I think he could be a solid option as the last man on the bench getting a couple of minutes. Um, but nonetheless, I think that this team still has the ceiling of a championship team. It's, it's way too early to tell. These regular season games are frustrating sometimes. Sometimes they look great, but I feel like, we're going to have to wait for the playoffs, see how they play in that first round with a fully healthy team, fully locked in for a championship run. We know Harden wants it. We know Embiid wants it more than anyone. Um, the team is very together, if, if anything else. Uh, they have seem to have some really good chemistry, at least off the floor, more than they ever have. So I'm still excited about this team. And real quick, I just wanted to remind everyone um, to use code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals over at mybookie.ag and use code HOOPBALL on the third page at sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm really excited for the rest of the season. Hopefully, the Sixers can start to get on a consistent little run, uh, earn themselves a nice first-round matchup, get that first-round home court advantage. But as always, keep trusting that process.